And when you begin to stress and you're unrest, then you get overwhelmed and all kinds of problems begin to occur in life and other things get destroyed. But for every problem we face in this life, the Lord Jesus Christ provides an answer. He provides a solution. He may not change the thing, but he may change us. So something gets better every time God touches it. Our thing, everything he touches changes for the better. That's how good our God is. So we are going to talk about that. You know, people get overwhelmed with marriages and say, boy, it's time for me to end this. No, I can't bother anymore. Need to get divorced. And then they get divorced and they say, I can't manage the single life anymore. I need to get married. And then parents get tired. I can't bother with kids. You know, my kid day, kids' days are over now. I just needed to get out of the house and be a man and be a woman and go out on your own. I'm tired. It has been 15 years and you have been living here all this long, eating all this food and stuff. It's time for you to go now. And they say, I'm just 15, daddy. I don't care. Well, all right, you know what? I'll give you five more bonus years. After that, you really have to go. You get to 20. And kids say, you know what? I just need to come out. I can't bother with I I mean, yeah, you're my parents and I love you, but you're stressing me out. I need to leave the house. And they're still there and they're 36 years old and stuff. Yeah, but you know how it is. But everybody have these problems. I'm telling you, you're at work and the boss, listen, I, I, listen, I, I can't bother with this job. I need, to, I need to quit this job. I can't wait to get to retirement. And you retire and you're in retirement. Man, I can't bother stay at home. I need to go and find myself something to do. And you go back to work. Like I'm telling you, life is full of these things. Pe- the person who is dying to retire, when they retire, can't wait to get back work life. Then you have church you think like oh my god let me go to church because obviously the hospital called the church fixes all things only to find out that all the other patients in the hospital called church have your same issue. You thought you were coming to a place where people were all healed only to find out it's all hurt people and hurt people hurt people and then you say, oh my, oh man, I can't even bother with church anymore. I'm just going to serve God all by myself. And then you try that and God says, well, you can't do that. Because I can't say you love me who you have not seen. And don't, hate, and don't love your brother who you see. So go back to church. And love your brother. And in that you're loving me. Life is overwhelming at times. Tough and it is rough. But hear what David says. This is in Psalm chapter 61 from verse 1 to 3. As usual, we stand for the reading of God's word. I'm going to ask you to find that in your Bibles. We're going to jump to our feet. We're going to read uh, just a few verses. And then you get to sit down. And I get to stand up for the rest of the sermon. Isn't that lovely? I, I must be the best pastor. I stand up and you sit. Listen, I want church to be the pastor sit down and the congregation stand up. What a church that would be. <laughs> Whoa. But, um, so you, you jump to your feet. In fact, here's what I'm going to do, right? A couple of weeks from now, I'm going to find one of those scriptures. Because Pastor Ray, who spoke last week, good sermon. You need to listen to it, right? He did something. He said, let us read together. But it was a very simple scripture. And I came up with this fantastic idea that the next time I'm reading one of those scriptures in Nehemiah that has all these names, I'm going to say, let's read together and <laughs> see what that will be like. Amen. Come on, just lift your Bibles up and say with me that this is God's word, not Pastor Omar's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus name. Amen. I will read for you because this is pretty easy for me. Right? Oh God, listen to my cry. 
hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I cry to you for help. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the towering rock of safety. For you are my refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. Let me live forever in your sanctuary, safe beneath the shelter of your wings. The, 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 the King James Version says, Hear my cry, O Lord. Attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. Right? That is how you, you, you know that very well. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning in the name of Jesus. Thine word is truth. Your word is a lamp and a light. We thank you that your word was from the beginning. It became flesh. It dwelt amongst us. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. Your word is life. It brings life. And it is life. It speaks life. Your word has creative power. It has transformation power. Lord, we thank you for your word. May your word be uh, richly received in our hearts this morning. May our hearts be good soil to receive it. In the name of Jesus. And produce a good harvest. That our lives will be changed and transformed for your glory and your name's sake. Let no one leave here unchanged this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit. Change us from the inside out. Cause conviction. and God, God cause conversion. God cause transformation in the name of Jesus. Cause people to come into alignment with your will and your heavenly purposes, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Now, part of understanding Bible is uh, uh, very important that at least one time in your life, you need to read the Bible chronologically or get a chronological Bible so you can read the Bible based on how the events occur which will give you a better understanding. So though this is in the psalm, the actual event took place earlier um, than it is written in terms of the books in the Bible. Right? So if you follow the books of the Bible, you'd think like it was, it was a, like years after that it was done. But no, it was done during the same time of when the event occurred. Where did the event occur that led to this psalm? It happened in, in the book of Second Samuel from around chapter 13 to 18. So if you read Second Samuel when you go home, very interesting. This is Hollywood stuff I'm telling you. You're going to love this. You're going to think like I'm talking about some movie you watched on Daystar. But it is not on Daystar. This is actually in the Bible. Second Samuel from chapter 13 to 18. And what happened right here is very interesting, right? This is actually written by David, um, Psalm 61. And David had many children f- from many wives, or from many wives, and it caused some friction within the home. All right? So let me tell you how this works. Have one wife. With your chi- with it, for you, uh, where you get all your kids from, and you avoid friction in your home. One wife, and don't get many kids problems. Alright, so one is good, two is good, three is good, four you're bothering. And pro- over four, you're in trouble. <laughs> right? so, so, so just stick right there, right? So, David had some issues because he had different wives and he had many kids. His firstborn son was named Amnon. And Amnon, Amnon fell in love with his half-sister Tamar. So he had a sister. See, the kids are laughing. They're saying, really? Yeah. He had, he had a sister, his half-sister. That means they were same But different, all right, different mother. So he fell in love with her. He could have pursued a normal relationship with her by speaking to his father, David. And even though it is against the law of Moses, David probably would have sanctioned it as king. What he did instead, he tricked her into his bedroom by telling her he was feeling sick and needed a nurse. 
when she got into the room, he forced himself on her. She had a brother who was David's son, was also Amnon's brother, but was half-brother to Amnon, but full-brother to Tamar. Following the story? Who got very upset because after Amnon did this, he still could marry her, but he threw her out and wanted nothing to do with her after this. Hey, you're looking at me strange. It's actually in the Bible, right? So if you read it, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I'm, I'm like you when I was reading it. Whoa. So, Absalom, who was David's third-born son, found her clothes torn, and she was crying over what her half-brother had done. What did Absalom do? Absalom does nothing initially. But for two years, he's secretly plotting against Amnon, his half-brother, until the time comes when he can kill him. Which he actually does. The man, this is premeditated, marinated murder. Waited two years and then he killed his brother. When he killed his brother, he became fearful of the king's judgment, who is David, his father. So he flees to his grandfather's house. And he has to stay there for three years. He's there for three years and David forgives him and forgets about it. And said, listen, send message to him that I have pardoned you. You can now return home. Absalom returns home and he repays the king or his father's forgiveness by leading a rebellion against his father. So he led a rebellion against his father, causing David, King David, and most of his household to run for their lives into the desert where he ends up in a stronghold, which is a series of caves that you can hide in from your enemies. Considering all of this, put yourself in David's shoes. Just for a moment, as he's now alone, and face to face, with what has happened under his kingship. Crazy stuff. When I, when I read this story, I'm thinking, is this, like, when you hear about this thing, this is the man who the Bible says is after God's own heart. Thinking like, whoa. Hmm. David, after God's own heart. Imagine, being in David's situation, your firstborn son and the heir to the throne is a rapist and is now dead. Killed by the same son that is now trying to kill you. The same son that law and justice demanded to be put to death for his crimes. Yet you showed mercy and you pardoned him. Because of your, weak, your weakness and your laziness, how you run your kingdom. All of your officials by this time and most of your army have apparently turned their backs on you and now they are following Absalom. All the people, your loyal subjects who have loved you and supported your reign and rule have rebelled and they have installed Absalom as king. Remember this is the same David that the people one day said, Saul has killed his thousand but David has killed his 10,000. The same David the people turned against because of how he was running the kingdom and what was happening in his family. Imagine how David must have felt. As a result, the kingdom that God has promised you is now seemingly being ripped away from you. Have you ever been there when you know that God promised you something and all of a sudden a series of events takes place and it seems like what God has given you is being ripped away from you. Maybe it's your family, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your business, maybe it's something else, maybe it's a gift you have that you use in ministry. All of a sudden that is being ripped away from you in one day. You have gone from living 
in the highest luxury as the most powerful man in the world at that time to sleep in on a rock in a cave with barely a blanket to keep you warm. This is where David is at right now. David is filled with regret. He's torn apart by sorrow and carrying the weight of his failure both as father and king. So as an act of worship and contrition, he writes this powerful psalm to show us how to react when our worlds fall apart and we are feeling overwhelmed. It is in the midst of this that David writes Psalm 61. You think like he would commit suicide. He will turn against God. In the midst of this, David turns to God and he cries out. It just encourages us that no matter what you're going through, you can turn to the Most High God. He's always right there. No matter how pressuring life may be, turn to Jesus. So today we're going to look at David's word and see how he dealt with his horrible situation and feeling completely overwhelmed by circumstances and situations in life. I dare you this might help a few of us who might be feeling the same way. Because life in this 21st century is all about being overwhelmed, isn't it? I mean, so overwhelming. There is constant stimulus. Constant CNN. Constant negative news. Alright? Constant information overload leaves us exhausted mentally, emotionally, and most importantly, spiritually. Man, in Jamaica, we have so many things to battle in with. I mean, nowadays they have this new, this new thing. Um, I, I'm going to do away with emails and those WhatsApp business, right? Because nowadays, I mean, every time you hear a ping, you open your phone, it's a bill. Thinking as soon as you pay a bill, it's like they, they, they look, they're watching you. And as soon as you pay your bill, they just send you the next one. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm serious. Like, school just finished. Thursday was graduation, and most schools ended in Jamaica last week. And you have gotten notification that school fee is due already. And I'm thinking, oh, just give me the summer, please. Just give me, just give me the summer. Give, give me a little time. The, you, and you know what they say? You have to pay your school fee by the middle of July for school in September or else you lose your spot. I'm, what is going on? I mean, I just hear like the toll road is increasing the price of the toll. And the old road is not being repaired. In other words, you have no choice but to pay the new rate. Are you buy an airplane? Listen, you go to the supermarket. Not from, for the American, you, you, you go under. 10,000 Jamaican is around $70. So when you go to the supermarket with $10,000 in Jamaica right now, you can't buy 10 items. You can't use the express line with $10,000 anymore. You don't need the express line because it's one item. I'm, I'm telling you, it, it's, it's very, life can be very overwhelming. And all of these things are around us. You know, I, I, don't, I have not watched the news in a long time. Because every time I watch the news is a story that I wish I had not heard. All of that. And he's like, oh my God, when will the crime stop? Oh my God, when, when will this? When will this? When will this? When will this? All of these things. Ah, and it's so much that is happening. You, you, you hear and you wonder, like, hold on. All right, let me check out the church people. They must be doing what they ask the church people. Hey, what's going on? Boy, God is good, but it's tough. What do you mean? And they don't tell you about it. When they ask them, so what do you mean by that? They don't tell you about the goodness of God, you know. They tell you about the toughness of life. It's amazing. How, how is life? Well, God is good enough about life rough. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, say me can't pay bill. Well, you know, you know, say me have to go to the dentist. You know, me have to go to the doctor. You know, say the car broke down. You know, say the... And listen, you started out by saying, God is good, but life is rough. The world don't want to hear about the rough life. They want to hear about the God life. Amen? Because the world already know the rough life. When they come to you, they want to hear about the God life. It's okay to say God is good, but life is rough. But when they ask you, what do you mean? You tell them about the goodness of God. Amen? So it's overwhelming. So we're going to dig into our lesson. 
Because the psalm teaches us several things that we can do when our lives seem to be falling apart. Or the feeling of being overwhelmed seem to be choking the life right out of us. So how to overcome being overwhelmed? Now we are at the point where Absalom has been killed by, by David's men, basically. This is what happening. So David says, begin by saying, um, well, David says, he is overwhelmed. It means to throw a dark sheet over, to create darkness. He says, I feel like I'm in a dark place, like my life, my heart is covered. There's no light, there's no hope, there's no way out. What do I do? That's how I feel. I feel like I'm surrounded by darkness. Oh my God, it's overwhelming. That's how David felt. And all of us come to that point of our lives sometimes when we feel like our lives have been covered over with darkness. David felt that way. He said, my heart is overwhelmed. This is too much. This is so much. What do I do? But I love what David did. David turned to God. David turned to God. I love that the fact that David, David started by saying this. Um, Hear my cry, O Lord. I, I love that because, listen, David cried out to God. David didn't go and speak to Absalom. He didn't go and speak to his army. David cried out to God. When you're going through these things in life, you need to turn to God. He says, hear my cry, O Lord. And I love that because he said, hear my cry, O Lord. I said this earlier, for the shepherd to be your Lord, the Lord has to be your shepherd. In other words, he has to be your savior. And what happens is that many of us, we have asked him to be our savior, but we don't want him to be our Lord. We want to be saved, but we don't want to be ruled. Amen? We want to be taken out of the miry clay, but we don't want to be led away from the miry clay. We want salvation but we don't want leadership david said hear my cry oh lord he cried to the lord so there are three things to do when you're overwhelmed the first thing that we see from david is in verse three where you have to rely on the facts don't look to your circumstances look to the truth what does god word says i'm not going to believe my circumstances i'm going to believe god's word above my circumstances because God's word is the absolute truth. Circumstances may change or they may not. But God's word is constant. So David looked to God's word. He relied on the facts. He remembers the shelter. He says, for thou has been a shelter for me. Speaking about Past tense to present tense to future tense. David said, listen, God, you have always been a shelter for me. Now that I am overwhelmed, you are my refuge. I am going to run to you. You are my shelter. It is in these dark moments where I need a place to shelter. And Lord, you have been that for me. You have always sheltered me. I remember, Lord, my circumstances are saying I'm exposed right now. But the fact is you have always been my shelter. He remembered that. David goes on and says, A strong tower from the enemy. Now a strong tower is like a pyramid. It's a fortress. Right? It, has, it, it is four-sided. Right? It means that God has protection from every direction. And David understood that the Lord is my strong tower from the enemy. In this time, the enemy is coming. David said, listen, I'm going to run to you, my shelter, and so you can be my strong tower. Meaning that, God, you will protect me. Whatever direction the enemy is coming from, if he's coming emotionally, if he's coming spiritually, if he's coming um, relationally, God, you are protecting me. I want you to understand, if you go, uh, you know a little bit about Israel, right? Israel is, is a superpower. Though they are not viewed as a superpower by many. Because many nations hate Israel, but they have not attacked Israel. And those who have tried to attack Israel have failed. Uh, you know the psalmist says, like mountain round about Jerusalem 
So the Lord surrounds those who fear him. David says, listen, you have been a strong tower. You have been a strong tower. In other words, God, you have protected me from every side. When you're overwhelmed, when life is pressuring, remember that God offers protection. He's a shield. He's a shelter. He's a strong tower. There is protection from every side. He is behind you. He's before you. He's beside you. He's inside of you. And he's over you. He protects you every angle in life. In every place in life. There's not a place that you can go from the presence of God. Because he promised to never leave you nor forsake you. David remember that. Because remember he's going through hardship. And how is he going to survive? By relying on the facts. Relying on the fact that God is a shelter. Relying on the fact that God is a strong tower. What do I do when I'm overwhelmed? I remember that God you have been a shelter for me. There was a time Lord God when it was you who I had to run to. It was you who were, who were protecting me. Not only that, but David also remembered the faithfulness of God. If you look at verse, verse 4 of our text. Verse 4 says, Let me live forever in your sanctuary, safe beneath the shelter of your wings. You see, he's remembering the faithfulness of God. He kept close to God to conceal him or so that God could hide him, right? Let me live forever in your sanctuary, safe beneath the shelter of your wings. God, I remember your faithfulness. There's a song that we do in church. It says, it's called Do It Again. I've seen you move, you move the mountain. And I believe you will do it again. It says, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. That's the bridge of the song. The thing is that, listen, I remember the faithfulness of God. When my heart is overwhelmed, I remember that even when I have been unfaithful, God remains faithful. I remember times when God kept me. When God protected me. When God sheltered me. He kept so close, it is like a chick that can feel the heat on the hen's body. That's how close David kept to God. So I want to say to you again. When life is overwhelming. Don't run away from God. Run to get close to God. These are the times when you need God. When, when no friend are there. When the family is not there. Run to Jesus. David also realized the figure. From the ends of the earth I cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the torrent rock of safety. David realized the figure is to get to the rock. When life is overwhelming, you need to get to the rock. The rock is the place. Come on, tell your neighbor that the rock is the place. If life is tough right now, you need to get to the rock. That's it. Get to the rock. And, and Jesus is the rock. So when you are overwhelmed, there is a place that is available. And that place is the rock. And that rock, the scripture says, is higher than I. That place, there's, a, there's an available place for the overwhelmed heart. It's the rock. And the rock is Jesus. It's a physical place. It's the high places that deliver. Because, because security is purely a matter of altitude and attitude. When you're overwhelmed, it's time to move and live at a higher level. David had to move physically from where he was. And this is not the first time. Remember, there was a time earlier in David's life when he was being attacked by King Saul. And David had to change location. In other words, there's a time that you need to move from where you are and go to a, a higher place. In other words, if you want to deal with life and you're overwhelmed, move from the devil level and live at a higher level. Come on, just tell your neighbor, you need to move from the devil level. Seriously, seriously listen, you have to live higher. The, the truth is we have to live at a higher level. Some of us will live at a... We need to live a high life and not a low life. You know people say that people are low life. Many times we live like 
we are low life people. We live below the level that we're supposed to live. And so we get overwhelmed. We need to live at a place where certain things don't bother us because we're living at a higher level. And when you live at a higher level, the sect, because there's a physical place, but there's a spiritual place that is higher than I. There's a higher life for the child of God. In other words, I have at a, at a higher place, physically, I have a higher attitude. My attitude changes and my altitude changes. You have to move. You can't live at the devil level. You have, to, you have to change your levels. You have to lift your levels. Because some of the things that bother us should not bother us. Because we're living at the devil level, why they bother us? Tell your neighbor, say, stop living at the devil level. We are bothered because, my God, man, that shouldn't bother you. You know why we worry? Because we're living at the devil level. Because scripture tells us why worry about these things. The birds don't worry. You're better than the birds. The lilies don't worry. Why worry? If God takes care of the lily and Solomon in all his splendor could not be compared to them, why are you living like a lily? There's a higher level to live at and there's a higher attitude to live in. I don't know if you ever noticed this, that, but when you, when, 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 in school, right? Many times if you want to get failing kids to excel, you put them in classes with kids performing at a high level. And what happens? They, move, they don't bring down the high kids to the low level, but the kids at the higher level bring them up. So when they change your class, they change your levels. That, that happens, right? It's just like, I mean, in Jamaica we have uh, urban and rural. And so we say like, when you bring the country people, them come town, and you expose them to certain things, they say the country people live. You understand me? You know, like, for example, you know... Um, in certain parishes, they say, Hey, me tell you, I love him, you Simon. But really, when they say him in Jamaica, in that context, they're talking about a female. But in the part of Jamaica that they live, him and she is the same thing. Any of any, any you know that, right? All right, so I used to be like that, right? So, so when, I, when I moved back to Kingston, and they say, and, and I say hey, hey, Mr. Be- me see my beloved. I say, why you two you talk about? Because I'm speaking of a young lady. And they would say, no, I she. I mean, so yeah, you know what I mean? I talk about man, I am man. <laughs> so no, no, no. All right. So here's what happened. When, when you change location, you begin to operate at the level that the people they're operating. If you keep living at the devil level, you're going to act like the devil. That does not mean that there will not be problems. But there is a higher plane. I'm not telling that there won't be problems. But, or there won't be trouble. But I'm not troubled by my troubles. You, we need to live at a place where we're not troubled by our troubles. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full in his marvelous face. And the things of the world will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. So there is a place where you can get to. That you can have peace Though everything is going wrong. That's a higher level. No matter what is happening. No matter what storm cloud may rock the ship of mine. Listen, I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. So everybody is doing bad. But I am still living in peace. Though everything is still bad. I'm not affected by the outward circumstances of life. Because I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Peace does not mean that everything around me is calm. It means that in the midst of the chaos, I remain in the peace of God. And that's it. That's living at a higher level. So the rock 
in the word of God is constantly ascribed to the deity, meaning God is the rock. So when you're overwhelmed, you need to be led to the rock. Come on, say it anyway. You need to be led to the rock. You need to be? You need to be? Led to the rock. We need to be led to the rock. You need to get with God and let him have your problems. So when life is overwhelming, stop trying to fix it. Get to the rock. The time you're taking to fix the problem, you're creating more problems. I've learned the art of fixing things at my home. Get the expert and leave it alone. Because every time I try to fix it, I create more problems. And more problems cause more argument. (laughs) So all you men who think you're expert plumbers and expert electrician, let me help you. When there's a problem, do what I do. Get the expert. Amen? And you avoid the argument. I'm, 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 I'm telling you. <laughs> so, there's a scripture in Bible. It speaks about bringing our burdens to him. And then he takes our burden and gives us his burden that's light. He takes our yoke, which is heavy, Gives us his yoke that is easy. Alright? Then he says you'll find rest for your souls. In the end of that script, particular part of the scripture. It says you'll find rest for your souls. What does that mean? The reason why we get overwhelmed. Because there's no rest for our soul. The reason why we have no rest for our souls. Is because here's what we do. We keep bearing our burdens. By solving our problems. And we keep walking with our heavy yoke. Jesus is saying to this. Listen. If you... Give me your yoke and take mine. Give me your burden and take mine. You'll have rest for your soul. In other words, you will not be overwhelmed. You are going to be overwhelmed if you try to fix life's problem. Because life's problems are too much. You can't fix it. Because the moment you fix life's problem, a next one arises. The other thing is that many of us are like this. We are like the person who is sick. And instead of going to the doctor... They stay home and try their own medication. And when they get to the doctor, the doctor said, listen, how long have you been having this problem? Well, it has been six years. So, so why you didn't come and see me? Well, I was trying to treat it at home. I was bathing myself in some alcohol. And, you know, I was using some, um, my, my, my grandmother used to boil some particular mints and bushes and stuff like that. So I've created my own stuff. And, you know, it was working. No, it's not working. It's just fooling you. Because you didn't go to medical school. Recently, um, I spoke to my doctor and they gave me, you, you, you know, you do your whole report business. What do they call it? Blood works? Blood works. So you know what I did when I got back? It, I just went on Google and I looked up all the things and, and I checked up. If it says that this is at six, what does that mean and stuff? Um, and I called the doctor and you know we're having a conversation because at this point the doctor was ready to tell me what the revelations were and I said don't worry yourself I checked them out and that means that and that doctor said listen don't use Google to undermine my degree (laughs) (laughs) said okay doc right listen that's what some of us do We, 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 we even run to Google to fix our problems when we can go to the rock. Lead me. Right? Our trouble is that we are always trying to fix it ourselves. When we ought to go to the rock. For there is a higher position for the child of God. And that is why Isaiah forty thirty one says. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagle. I don't know if you know this. But eagle have an extra eyelid. Right? And that he can actually see through. But the eyelid can shade out the sunlight, that extra eyelid. So sometimes birds will attack 
the eagle by, by droves. And the eagle will, at this time, pull down that eyelid and fly directly at the sun. So that the other birds can get to that level. Unlike, unlike the eagle, we need to put on our extra eyelid when we are under attack and fly to the S-O-N. Run to the sun. The eagle goes into the S-U-N and all the droves of birds coming after it have to stay. We run to the S-O-N and all our enemies just can't get up to that level. What is our eyelid? It's the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit. If you are led by the Holy Spirit, listen, the enemy can come this far, but no further. You know, there was a limit to what he could do to Job. There's a limit to what the enemy can do. See, so when the world, the flesh and the devil start attacking, we need to do what no one else can do. We need to go to our Heavenly Father. For there is a place for the child of God to live without worry. And that is by going to the rock. When you are overwhelmed, there is a personal ability. Come again, say with me, lead me. Come on, say it again, lead me. Right, that means God, lead me. That speaks of salvation, separation, soul winning, a prior life, all personal stuff. Lead me, Lord. Many of us, though, when we pray, we say, Pastor, we say, Lord Jesus, lead the pastor. Jesus, lead the church. Lord, lead them to the rock, God. Lead them, Lord. Lead the prime minister, God. Just lead Joe Biden. He needs your leadership, Jesus. Lead him. Kamala Harris. God, lead Vladimir Putin. God, lead them. Really? Listen. Just ask God to lead you. Why, why, why don't do that? God, lead my husband. Lead him to the rock, Jesus. Just ask him to lead you. Says, David said, David didn't say, God, lead Absalom. He didn't say, God, lead these people. Oh, God, 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 imagine. Look, I beat Goliath for them. Look what they did to me. God, lead them. They need you, Jesus. David said, Lord, lead me. David didn't even mention Absalom's name to God. He, the man that was trying to kill him, he didn't mention his name to God. Imagine what we would pray. Oh my God. If that prayer were ever recorded and your husband heard it or your wife. You'd be apologizing up until right now. Oh, David said, Lord, lead me. In other words, it's a personal desire. For there is a path to the rock. But it's a single lane. So if you are saved, you have in you the capability of living the high life. Lord, lead me. The story is told about this farmer who found an eagle egg where the mother had died or left the egg. So he placed it under one of his hens and it hatched in the hen house. At first the eagle scratched like a chicken and ate like a chicken. But the bigger the eagle got became aware that he, he was not a chicken. He would steer out of the cage into the sky. Sometimes he would flop his wings, but the cage held him down. And one day another eagle flew over and screamed. Something inside that little eagle began to swell. The farmer saw the look in his eyes and opened the cage door and, and off the eagle flew. He wasn't made to scratch in the dirt, but God made the eagle to fly in the heavens. I want you to know this morning that you were not made to scratch in the dirt. God purposed you to live the victorious life. But you have to soar past the level you're living right now. You can't stay where you are. You can't stay on the devil level and fight him. That's why David said, listen, 
you come at me with spears and shields, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. It's a different level. Saul wanted to fight Goliath at the flesh level. David said, I don't want that. Don't give me that. The Lord protected me when I had some sling and some stones. It's the same God. For the battle is not ours. The battle is this Lord. You see, they, listen. Twelve Hebrew guys went over into the promised land. And ten said, listen. Ten of the twelve went into the minds of the people. And said, in their minds, we are like grasshoppers. No, I want you to tell me how do they know or how did they know what was in the mind of the people. They never, all they had to do was to check out. And you know what they did? They checked into people's mind. They went there to check out the land and they got into people's mind. So my, my word to you is mind your own business. And stay out of people's mind. So when persons come to me and say, you know what they think about you? I don't care what they think about me. That's their mind. If you want to occupy your mind with thoughts of me, good for you. And it certainly doesn't bother me. Grasshoppers, you have to live at a different level. Two came back and says, listen, we are well able to take it. Different level. We were not made to scratch in the dirt. We are made to live the victorious life. So David said, lead me, not direct me. It also shows a level of discouragement with David. Perhaps his confidence was so low that he didn't think he would even be able to find it. So I have a very good example of this as we close. We were at this party last night and one of the, 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 one of the, one of the, the ladies at the party said, listen... Uh, you going to have to pilot me home. Right? And what she meant is that, listen, it was late. She didn't want to drive, drive by herself from where the party was being held. So she said, listen, you drive before me and I will drive behind you. And when we get all the way down to where you go to your house, I will go to my house. And I thought, what a perfect example for the sermon. She knew where she lived. She knew the road to get there. But she still needed to be piloted. In life, when it comes to the kingdom, you may know where you're going and how to get there, but you still need Jesus to pilot you. David said, lead me. When you're overwhelmed, it's the worst time to get directions and go. When you're overwhelmed, it's the best time to be led where you need to go. Jesus, take the wheel. Not Jesus, send me a map. You see, many of us want the roadmap for our life. Jesus says, I want to lead you in your life. David said, lead me. Because David was so discouraged. He, didn't, he wasn't sure. He was probably, his strength was depleted to the point he wasn't able to climb. It shows how David was a true sheep. He knew if he was going to get anywhere higher, it would take the hand of God to take him there. So the, 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 the lady, uh, she understood that if they are piloting me and, and anything happen, they are a very present help in times of trouble. <laughs> you see, listen, that's why, that's, that is why I want to be led by the Spirit. I don't want directions, Jesus, lead me. Lead me to the rock. Finally, when you're overwhelmed, there is a position to be achieved. He had to get to the rock. David was saying, if there is a higher life, lead me to it. If it can be better, I want it. I want to go higher than I've ever been. Not just talking in the trouble sometimes, but in every aspect of life. We need the Lord to lead us, church. We need him to lead us to the rock. For some of us, is to lead us to the rock of salvation. For there is a better life than that life of sin. There is a better life for the sinner. So if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, listen, today God wants to lead you to the rock of salvation. Sweet Sin is not sweet. It just looks sweet. Sin doesn't feel good. It just gives a false sense of feeling good. 
people have I've heard preachers say, well, sweet, sin is sweet. It's not. It, everything about sin is filled with deception. It's meant to deceive you. There's no benefit to the life of sin. For there's no fun. Because what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Salvation comes with great benefit. Because we get to be friends with the creator of all humanity. We need the Lord to lead us to the rock of separation. For there is a cleaner life for the child of God. If you want to go higher, you have to get cleaner. You have to clean up to go up. Come on, tell your neighbor, you have to clean up to go up. In other words, you have to clean up what we say. We have to clean up what we think. We have to clean up what we do. Like, I like, I like, I mean, how many of you have ever gone out on a date? Put up, hey, come on, put up your hand. And, and, come on, don't play. Have you ever gone on a, have you ever gone on a date? I mean, if you're married yeah, with your husband or your wife, you know what I mean? But if you're single and your mother is here, that's okay, just put it up. I mean, maybe it's imaginary. It's not a problem. All right? And maybe you don't call it date, whatever, you go out, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, have you ever gone out on a special occasion? Come on, I need some more hands. I can't work with tenants. Have you ever gone out? Thank you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, my God. This church. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Woo. Oh, I was wondering if I needed to do um, something on dating is okay. All right. But here's the thing. When you're going on any special or going to meet anyone special, People normally, normal people, normally clean up. Amen? Normal people normally clean up when they are going to meet someone that they consider to be very exceptional and special. When you go meet a special person, I mean, for the guy, you know, they go to the barber and they get a nice hair lined up and stuff and they make sure that the shoe is well clean and, you know, if they're young, they talk to the father and mom and say, how do I look? And they get approval from their sisters and say, hey, listen, look at, and, 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 and the dad will say, listen, hey, let me use some of my, you can use some of my special uh, cologne, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and mom will say, hey, you can also use some of my perfume, you know, just mix them up. I mean, I mean, it's, it's going to work, right? And you do all of that, right? Because the occasion is so important. You know that you have to be a cleanest. In, in fact, many people practice all the stuff that they expect when they're going to get there. So if they think that they're going to get a little chops and kiss on the cheek they, they, and they have never done that before, they will, you know, someone will say, Mommy, how do you kiss or Daddy, how do you, how do, you do this? They, they want to get all the stuff. What do I say? What, how do I approach her? How do I approach him? All right. All right. This is, this is, this is dating 101 for dummies. All right. So, right. All of that. So, so you do all of that in the same way when you are going up higher to be with the Lord, there needs to be a process of cleaning up. It's called sanctification and separation. There are some things you need to deal with internally. You need to get rid of it. You need to fix up the attitude. You need to fix up the physical body. The outward appearance is good. You have to get the head right. You can't be going out there and you have all kind of other persons on your mind. You have to clean out the mind. So when you go there, the person have your un divided attention so we have to clean up in order to go up why because first impression last not only that we need to be led to the rock we need the Lord to lead us to the rock of soul winning because I want to be a better witness God is not bringing us higher so that we alone can be up there. He's bringing us higher so we can win others. Over for the kingdom, be better witnesses to bring others higher as well. Our families, our friends are to come higher. Also, he brings us higher so we can have a better prior life. Where we begin to pray and talk to him every day about everything. Where our conversations with him are, are more important than our conversation with others. 
And then he brings us out for the purpose of service. So we get to the place where we declare, I want to do more for God. So there's no stopping. God, if there's more to do, I'm ready. If there's a next place to go to, Lord, I am ready. Say, there's a football player, he made a touchdown, but it was reviewed and showed that he had stepped out of bounds. And so the touchdown was called back. So in the huddle, he looked at the quarterback and said, run that play again. This time, I will not step out of bounds. And that's the way we ought to be. When we fall down, we get back up and reach higher the next time. See, but sometimes our problem is low living. So I want us to pray this morning that God will lead us to that rock that is higher than I. Than I. So with, with every head bowed and eye closed. The psalmist says, Hear my cry, O Lord, and attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou has been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. Come on with every head bowed and eye closed. I want you to pray that. Let that be a prayer this morning. Say, come on, just pray that. Just say, Lord, hear, hear my cry, O Lord, and attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I cry unto you. Come on, just say, my heart is overwhelmed. So, Lord, lead me to the rock. That is higher than I. You have been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. Hallelujah. The Spirit of Living God, we thank you. We thank you in the name of Jesus. God, we ask you to lead us. Lead us, Lord, in the path everlasting. Let our steps be ordered by you. Go before us, Lord God. We choose right now by an act of our will to follow after you. You be the pilot. We follow closely. Come on, ask the Lord, just the Lord, lead me. Hallelujah. Come on, just say it again, the Lord, lead me. I choose to live at a higher level in the name of Jesus. Come on, say, I move from the devil level to a higher level in Jesus' name. So, Lord, I'm ready to clean up my thought life, my love life, my speech life so I can go up higher. On this final, there's a lot new altitude and new attitude in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Spirit of the living God, I thank you. We are not praying our troubles away. We are praying that we remain in the peace of God. Because in the midst of trouble, we can still find peace. Jesus had trouble. He had the cross. But he had such peace that he could declare, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So we thank you for the peace, the shalom, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. 
may we like the psalmist turn to you and run to the rock bless families Lord God bless homes and change lives for your glory in Jesus name Amen and Amen and Amen come on just stand to your feet and give the Lord a big hand clap this morning hallelujah come on give him a big hand clap come on there's a hymn that says hear my cry